Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Fun fact about Nick B. Oh, yeah? He was actually at the fireworks show at the beginning of this movie as like an extra. I mean, he does live in London, right? Yeah, that's what I think. Another fun hmm. fact. Do you know what day they shoot off fireworks in London? I do. Because it's a fun fact for the movie? It is a fun fact from the movie, but we can spoil it in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> Stay tuned for Jen's fun facts to hear what, because I had to look Jen's it up. It was driving me crazy. Facts. So that's interesting that he was there. Was he shooting off fireworks? I made it up. He, he wasn't there. I'm sorry. This whole time? You're making up these fun facts? <laughs> was he sorry. not in a pop and lock band in the 90s? He blocked me on in, on social media, so I don't I don't know. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> no, he the, didn't block me. The B stands for blocked. And honestly, Nick B, I get it. I this episode <laughs> also brought to you by Ori. <laughs> the thing that I'm grateful for Ori about is um, Ori introduced me to this thing that you can do when you just need to eat a whole bunch of chocolate, but you don't want to make anything. Are you just going to say chocolate bars? No, chocolate chips. I keep like, I'm going to show you. Oh. I have my little bag of chocolate chips right here. Holy shit. They're dark chocolate. Oh, Ghirardelli. Oh, you got yeah, dark man. chocolate? You beast. Mm -mm, oh, dude, no. you adjust. Your taste buds adjust. Oh, it's so good. 60% cacao. What did you what? call me? Or, <laughs> but anyway, so I just have this little thing. So if I just want a taste of chocolate, because you know, when you open up a whole chocolate bar, like I got to eat that whole thing. Yeah, that, that to whole Toblerone's going in the dome. I get it, dude. Yeah, Toblerone is so fucking good. I know. Anyways, so yeah, thank you, Ori. That was a little chocolate. Pro Someone sent me a Toblerone immediately. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Matt. Matt. Hey, Matt. Orca Borca. Oh, say it like you mean it. Orca Borca. <laughs> all right. Well, Matt wants us to do some Swedish fun facts. So I have right. one for you today. Of all the countries in the world, the Swedish capital has got to have one of the coolest public transportation systems. Because Ooh. when you walk into a Stockholm metro station, it is said that you're walking into the world's largest art exhibition. They have over 110 kilometers, which is like 68 or so miles of art exhibitions in their metro stations. About 90 of the 100 stations have been decorated by over 150 artists in different themes and various forms, including hmm. mosaics, paintings, installations, sculptures, and more. That's really cool. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, right? That is really cool. Does it house a monorail also? It doesn't monorail. have a monorail. Monorail. <laughs> there is nothing that Jen can't Simpsons. That's true. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, world. <laughs> we now return you to the epic saga, The, the Patriarchals. All right, listen up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry. I just wasn't expecting you to like get all like R&B bridge singer. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> getting dark. The flying submarine blew up. <laughs> The flying submarine blew up? Did you just Iron Eagle to me where the main character gets killed in the first three minutes? Okay, sorry. Oh, man. That Iron Eagle reference is fucking fire. Thank so you. I'm going to leave that because I hate that when that happened. Most me fucking too, man. Okay. I mean, I agree and have definitely seen that movie. <laughs> There's so many movies you need to see. No, the flying submarine bombed Thunderdome and blew it up, and we don't know if the people made it. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So the th right. the submarine didn't blow up full stop. It, it the submarine the blew up Thunderdome. The city. Yeah, it bombed gotcha. the shit. Oh, so I just came in with my Iron Eagle too fly or too soon. <laughs> yeah. I got gotcha. you. Like the submarine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've definitely seen that movie, Jen. Um, <laughs> definitely, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, scene open. It's the ruins of Thunderdome. The sub flying sub is 
flown off. Right. There's still some robots killing people. They're trying to kill all the people who aren't under the Illuminati control. Right, because the Illuminati, correct me if I'm wrong, Mikey, already has cities that are going to restart society. They just want to kill out both Thunder Domington and Mammaltopia, right? Yes. Yeah, see, I listen, Jen. I listen, too. I just kept waiting for the Eagles. That's Um, correct, Todd. I'm very proud of you. You get a gold star. Thank you. Gold star. So, basically, everyone's having an existential crisis because most of their special powers have come from the Illuminati because they were manipulated oh. into ending the world. Mm. Yeah. So Isaac saves Eddie, like sees him under rubble and picks him up and he's like, oh my God, I, who can who could have believed all this? All of our armies are dead. Like all of these people we were fighting over nothing, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. They're having trouble believing that all of the cast of Homeward Bound and Chip and Dale are a part of the Illuminati and fly away in a submarine. They're having trouble believing that. Please. <laughs> Please. Exactly. So then <laughs> Eddie's like, we've got to get back to Mammaltopia before they destroy that. We can save some people and animals. Sure. Yeah. He's yeah, so yeah. like, come on, let's try to find some transportation. And then uh, Mickey Mac and the koala and Kate meet up with them and they all start going to, to Mammaltopia. Kate's like, oh, my God, my telekinesis is from the Illuminati. And they're like, yeah, we, we get it. Wait, is it? Yeah. Hey, you can use it for good now, Kate. Yeah. Yeah. So Mickey Mac and the koala are like, oh, man. And the koala's like. My fucking uncle lives there. We got to save him. <laughs> My fucking uncle. Let's go. <laughs> and only only Eddie understood. He's like, oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> and then Matthew is just like, he's just he's just been through it, man. He's he's not doing so good. And so um, they're like, Matthew, what do you think? And they're like, he's like, I I don't I don't know. My whole my this whole thing is a lie. All that's I don't know what we're going to do. We need to find the people that are being controlled by Illuminati and free them. Oh, okay. That sounds like an interesting plot to develop. Yeah. Maybe we should lean into this plot line a little bit. (laughs) Matthew and Eddie and Miggy Mac tell all the survivors of Thunderdome to uh, head towards Mammaltopia. So they have like a ragtag bunch and they're going. Sure. And so everybody's everybody's going that direction. But Tristam. The Tristanator. He looks more badass. Yeah, he's Tristanator. Yeah. But also now he has a member of the Illuminati with him, hunting them with him. So wait, he immediately turned? To the Illuminati side? No, he was he's been he was built by the Illuminati. Oh, he, that's like, right. Eddie, that's right. Sorry, yeah, accidentally yeah. built him for them, and then now to make sure he's hunting them, my dog Macy, who is also a member of the Illuminati. That bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's with Tristan, giving him orders. Wow. I mean, she is a very bossy dog. Yeah, she's in charge of hunting down the survivors of the <laughs> the human race they don't control. Okay. And that's the end of this week's episode. They're all, they all head to Mammaltopia. Are they going to make it to Mammaltopia? How large is the koala's extended family? When did Macy start paying for the Patreonicals? Find I was out next that week myself. on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. Don't worry, I'm going to kill her off next week. <laughs> Hopefully just in the Patreonicals. <laughs> this episode <laughs> finally brought to you by Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris wants to remind everyone that um, you are seen and you are heard and you were important and you were loved. Mm. I keep saying it every week, but it's like shit just keeps getting crazier and crazier. It's almost like things get worse and worse. I know, but there's like a lot of strength in community that I think a lot of people are finding right now. And that's kind of given me a little bit of hope. And I think Chris is a big part of that in um, the Horror Virgin family community. And so I'm really grateful for him. And I'm I'm really grateful for the constant reminder. So join the Facebook group because there's a lot of of support there 
Yeah, we just passed 900 yeah. members this week. It's insane. I saw that. Anyway, but okay. yeah, join the Facebook group, guys. And thank you, Chris. We love you too, Chris. Hey, guys, I think that's the theme music. Yeah. No, it can't be the theme music. It's fireworks. No, fireworks go up and down. The theme music is only going down. Oh, yeah, it's and the listen, theme when music. the theme music drops, it only drops down. It does only drop down. Our theme music only goes down on you. Oh, God. Well, Mikey made it weird. <laughs> <laughs> everybody i'm jen i'm mikey <laughs> and i'm your horror virgin todd which means i don't like scary movies but you guys make me watch them and this week you guys made me watch attack the block attack the block yay yeah. starring john boyega who i love yeah i mean he must have been really young when he did this movie this was his first movie. Yeah. Well, he's playing yeah. a 15-year-old, so. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time I've seen this movie. Have you guys seen this movie before? I've seen it one time before. Oh, had you? I had seen it before, but, like, so many times I'm doing other things while I'm watching movies, like folding yeah. laundry or, like, doing work or something. I remembered very little about this movie. But, yeah, so I know that I have watched this movie before, but didn't yeah. remember. I saw it. 2010, 2011 when it came out because it got a lot of buzz. Yeah, it was 2011 mm-hmm. when it came out. Yeah. Did you see it in theaters? No, it didn't It didn't do theaters here. It did, but like eight. No joke. I know this because box office, so I'll just go ahead and say this early. It peaked at 66 theaters nationwide in the U.S. Really? Yeah. And this is like when normal movies peak at like 3,300 theaters. So it was only in very select theaters nationwide. Yeah, I had heard about this movie through other people. This is kind of a word of mouth kind of cult movie sure, yeah. you know, that has kind of exploded recently just because John Boyega has been in the news a lot making that really touching speech at a protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, also, he's a legit star now. In fact, a lot of the he people is. from yeah. this movie are legit mm-hmm. stars now. Like John Boyega, mm-hmm. I'm going to forget her name, but she's now Doctor Who. Jodie Whittaker. Jodie Whittaker, who's now a huge star, and she was also in a TV show called Broadchurch. That's amazing, Mm. and she does, like, some amazing work in that. But, like, Mm. a lot of them, like, are legit stars now. And I love John Boyega. He's great in this movie, too. He is, especially for how young he was when he was in it. I can't imagine not getting pulled into it almost immediately when I watched it the first time. Because, man, this, it was so fun. It's like this perfect mix for me of super fun action and scariness and a message that I can dig into, you know? Yeah. And it was funny. So it was, it, like, had everything I was looking for. For so yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Mikey, what did you think about it when you saw it? I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very reluctant. I liked it. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> I remember in 2010 saying I think it was a little overrated. It's 2011. Yeah, 2011. I, I watched it last night and I thought it was like a fun, like kind of like silly movie. Yeah, uh, but I think some of its like deeper stuff kind of falls flat. But I mean, like um, I like the creature design. I thought the creatures were cool. Um, British slang terms always are hard, so it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was fun but i, I mean I, I liked it i i liked it a lot i i, I like john boyega's character the most and i think the rest of the team didn't really get a lot of like development besides him and jody Whitt- jody whittaker i liked it too i liked it a lot i thought it was it felt like an action movie that also had some jump scares that scared the fuck out mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. they had some really effective jump scares but mikey like you're talking about the creature design is very cool they looked a little weird when they were running but the fact that their mouth yeah. was like glowy and it was almost like a sonic like echolocation sort of mm-hmm. creature mm-hmm. because they don't have eyes at least that you can see i just thought the creature design was sort of 
unlike anything that's already out there and very, very cool. And I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. There were some moments that really scared me in this movie that I did not appreciate. They were like super (laughs) like jumpy jump scares that I hate, but pretty much everything else I thought was awesome about this movie but it is like Mm -hmm. it sort of felt like i want to say goonies but i'm only saying that because it's like a group of kids but it's no there's an element of that it's like an older more mature goonies yeah it's like a more mature earnest scared student yeah yeah yeah. so like not kids not adults but like older teenagers but they're still Mm -hmm. out there doing shit they shouldn't be doing except like a lot of them die in this movie and no one dies in goonies right (laughs) Right. so so i was like this movie's a lot like a little little bit older goonies and then when the first kid dies i'm like no it's not never mind i take that back right but it was fun like goonies yeah it's got that boys on bikes or kids on bikes kind of thing which like stranger things hits a little bit too sure but yeah one of them actually has a moped because he's lazy i guess and doesn't want to pedal (laughs) I love He's that. badass. Yeah, no, I love I that it. moped. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> These kids in the movie, I just loved them so much. Yeah, but let's get into this fucking movie because I want to talk about it. All right. It. So we start with um, shooting stars in the sky and then fireworks down on a city. And I feel a little guilty for shaming you about your fact about what night it was. So, Todd, what night is this in the movie? Uh, it was Guy Fox night. It was Guy Fox night, yeah. Which I only know about because I'm a stupid American and I only research stuff if it actually shows up in pop culture. So I only know about it because of V for Vendetta. Yeah, Yeah, which is a documentary about the birth of Guy Fawkes Night. (laughs) It's not, but it's so amazing. Everybody should watch V for Vendetta. I honestly, in my notes, wrote, wait, Brits don't celebrate July 4th, do they? (laughs) That's what I was thinking. I was like, but especially because we just did, you know, so it's kind of like top of mind. But But I mean, honestly, if I was them looking at us, I'd be like, (laughs) yes, we got rid of them. Yeah, it's called Good Riddance Night. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, yeah, there's fireworks over a city and it's South London. And see, we see a girl walking out of a store talking to her mom on the phone. And that is Sam, who's going to be one of our main characters. And she's Doctor Who, right? She is Doctor Who. I just wrote Doctor Who in my notes the whole time just because that's the only thing I really know her name from. Yeah, so kind of how I dealt with the names in this movie because I had a hard time understanding what they were saying a lot of times. Yeah. Um, And so I didn't pick the names up until like halfway through the movie. But I honestly think that's part of the story this movie is telling too. Like that's intentional in some ways. I mean, I honestly didn't know one of the kids' names until after he was dead and they were like, oh, Jerome. And I was like, that was his name. Jerome. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I, the whole I time I was I like, I didn't know the mean? credits rolled that showed like their names and their faces at the end of the credits. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I wrote them all down then because, because, yeah, because it is a little bit difficult to understand, but I also think that's intentional. Like part of the reason that he said he wrote this movie was to like counter the narrative of like vilifying like urban kids, you yeah. know, or urban teenagers. Sure. So I think it's, it's interesting that as the movie plays out, we start to learn more about these kids, humanizing them. We learn their names. And it's funny, like they're talking about their real names and then they're like nicknames, you know. Um, But yeah, so we see Sam and she's walking down the street and she's talking to her mom. And then she walks by like some a bike passes her and then she walks by and she sees a group of teenagers at a car and she's like instantly afraid of them. Um, and it's night, and I mean, I understand that. Well, and they also, they, they mug her. Yeah, so, they yeah. also, like, mug her. Like, I get... Well, it's, okay, but she sees them, and then she they walk up to her, and then they mug her. What I'm saying is she was afraid of them before they mugged her, which I think is a key thing in this movie. But they do come up and mug her, and they, like, take her ring, and they're mean to her, and... 
it like broke my heart because I couldn't remember exactly how this movie played out when like the guy pulled his face down and it was John Boyega doing these mean things. I was like, no, I love you, Finn. Stop. I know. I called him Finn the entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I'm just going to get this complaint out like right away. And maybe honestly, I will probably join you on this. Okay. Well, maybe I just missed it because I'm taking notes during these movies and sometimes I miss things. But like they steal her ring and she says the Mm -hmm. ring isn't worth anything. And it's like a small little thing. But I really wanted to know why it was important to her, like why it was an important ring for her and why she like Mm. did not want to give it up, even though it was a cheap, you know, little ring. Did I miss something or did they just not talk about it? I think they didn't talk about it. I didn't catch that they explained the significance of the ring other than it was just something that was significant to her and she didn't want to give it up which I can understand. Sure. I just think we could have had a cool moment of it. Like, cause she doesn't have a dad in this movie. I wondered if like, it's mm. a ring that her dad gave her when she was a little girl or, you know, something like that, that makes her feel a connection to like a lost parent. Cause we only meet her mom. Right. Anyway, I just thought it was like a, a, a missed opportunity to evoke some emotional stuff. I mean, it's just her thing and she wants it and she loves it. That should be enough for her not to have to give it up. You know? I but. mean, she shouldn't have to give anything up. She, it's her shit and they're robbing right. her. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I sort of had a problem with this in the movie because it immediately sets up our cast of characters as bad kids. Yes. And then it wants us to like them. And I will admit over the course of the movie, you do start to like them, but they like literally robbed her at knife point. Yeah. Right. But th- I feel like that's kind of the overall point of the movie and doing some research in why he was, uh, why he wrote this movie and what he was trying to say with it. I think the point is to show that those people are real people too. And there are reasons that they're doing the things that they do in this movie. Because later on, like, this kid's 15, he can't get a driver's license. We see that he basically lives by himself. So, like, how is he supposed to eat? Like, nobody's giving him food. And so I think the bigger point that they're making, that he's making in this movie, is, like, when you cast people out of the systems, they create their own systems. And so this world that they've created on the block is the system they've created to survive in because the bigger system does not work for them. Yeah. I mean, this is why you need social safety nets in countries. Exactly. And it that benefit everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Cause and I, that's what I love is because they are the villains at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I think it just shows like a complicated I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts as we talk through this movie, but even though he you know, he lives with his uncle, his uncle's not there and he doesn't have food, it's hard to justify hurting other people. I agree. And I don't think the movie is justifying that. I think it presents him as wrong in doing mm-hmm. that. I think you're right, Jen. I think it presents it as this is not something that he necessarily wants to do, even though in right. that moment when it happens, it does not seem like he's against it but it does show over the course of the movie that he is not necessarily a bad kid he's in a bad situation and has to do bad things to survive yeah it reminded me a lot of the autopsy of jane doe and it reminded me a lot of Candyman in a lot of ways interesting because i think part of what they're saying is when you are part of a group that is constantly attacked and constantly cast out and constantly said i don't care figure it out on your own like you have no power. You feel so unimportant. And so here's like a system that's giving you power. It's like, that's why people join gangs a lot of times because Mm -hmm. somebody finally is saying you matter, you're important, you're strong. Even if that strength is coming from a negative source, or even if that strength is do making you do negative things, or you're choosing to do negative things. I do think there's a power in that. And when you grow up and you have no power, that is appealing. Absolutely. Again, not justifying anything he's doing. And that's one thing I love 
like about this movie is I think it shows that it's complicated. Yes, they're doing a lot of bad things, and I'm not justifying those bad things, but I'm saying they are people too, and there are reasons that they do these things, even though they are bad things. And the movie does end with them going to jail. It does. I don't feel like it's glorifying what they've done, because they do still reap the repercussions of it. So, let's see. So, they do mug her, and then as they're mugging her... You see the shooting star from before that is now finished. It's like trajectory down it literally like crushes the car next to where they're mugging her mm-hmm. which will come back later right but so she gets away yeah and then they're checking out the car and they're like seeing like is there anything we can take in this car well, and also like they're like would a fucking firework do that like that's too much for <laughs> right me. i didn't even get the impression that they were like looking to rob it i thought they were like what the hell happened no no they, they said it- that and then john bugway was like hey this is a nice car there's probably some valuables in here Right. Oh, okay. They did just mug a lady. So, like, that is mm-hmm. not out of the realm of possibility right. for sure. But this is the first jump scare that really got me. And it was when the oh, alien really? sort of pops up. Yeah, it scared the shit out of me. So, and, okay, so what happens is an alien, and it's it looks completely different than all of the other aliens we're going to see. It's a female. Yeah, it's like a kind of grayish, like... One thing I love is we never get a good look at what the aliens really look like, which I think is smart for the movie. I feel like we get a pretty good look at this one because they drag yeah. it around for a while. Yeah, like there's this one and the other yeah. ones. It looks like like a kind of a gray Muppet. Yeah, you know? I mean, even someone later thinks it's a puppet. But it's got like these big jaws, like these big cl- chompy fang yes. kind of things, you yeah. know? And we don't see a lot of it when it's alive. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Like while it's alive, we just see like flashes and like extreme close-ups, you know? Yeah. John Boyega or Finn or his name is Moses in the movie. His name is Moses in the he movie. He stabs him with his knife that he was just robbing Doctor Who with. And then it mm-hmm. runs off and they just literally chase it to like this shack in the... yeah somewhere close to the block where they live. Yeah, and this I thought was so cool because they shot in and you don't, you still don't see it except for like little flashes of like fangs and stuff. Because they shoot fireworks in it and then mm. we're they just do. seeing the flash of the fireworks. I did think that was pretty cool because it's still sort of masking what the alien really looks like at this point because you're right, it was sort of like extreme close-ups and like jumpy stuff. Uh-huh. And this actually wasn't super scary for me because it wasn't like jump scary. It was no, just like yeah. flashes of light. It's sort of like you turned a strobe light on and it was yeah. just only seeing that part of it. And then John Boyega goes in by himself and fucking mm-hmm. kills it. Yeah, and you hear all of the the attacks, and then the rest of them go in, and I thought this was really funny. They're like, what the fuck is this? And you hear them, like, talking about what it is, and you're still, like, we're kind of from a distance looking at the shack, and there's, like, this yellow smoke that's, like, kind of coming out, or, like, smoke illuminated by an arc light or something. Yeah. But then they say it must be an alien, and they bring it out. They say, no one fucks with the block. And they raise it in the air like Simba, and they're all, like, surrounding it. So basically, like, we'll find out later getting the stuff all over them yeah it's like the pheromone the pheromone stuff all over them and then we get title card and i literally Mm -hmm. wrote and that's the movie (laughs) it is that (laughs) thing tried to attack the block and they said (laughs) no i was like i guess they did everything that this movie in the title says that they needed to do so i guess we're done here technically an alien hid in a shed and they murdered it yeah there wasn't much attacking the block at that point it was much like hide from the block because they're trying to murder me. That's true. And this is when I turned the subtitles on because I was like, uh, I heard English for the first four minutes of this movie, but understood 30% of it. Yeah. And- <laughs> That's probably what I should have done. To, yeah. You should have turned subtitles on. Because yeah. honestly, I should have done that. If you're reading along with them, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I realize they're speaking English, but it's, well, it's slang. Yeah, yeah, it's like the slang. Well, like, I did some research on it. What it's called is multicultural London English. Interesting. It is really interesting. And that's one of the things that 
I think is great about this movie, especially for like American audiences, is there's so much like about London and about this culture that we don't see very often. Like when I think of like the UK, I think of Downton Abbey or like the royal family and the crown, you know, and I know that it's completely different. I'm just not exposed to this side of like London culture. Are you telling me that England is not Harry Potter? No. And Mikey, Harry Potter isn't real. What? (laughs) The person who wrote this movie did research on this. It's a sociolect of English, which is basically a dialect constructed of a lot of different cultures um, that emerged in the late 20th century. It's spoken authentically by mainly young working class people in London. So it is like a thing that has been studied. And I'll link it because it is really cool. And I like that they use this. It reminded me a lot of Clockwork Orange and the way they talk, you know, which I mean, there's a lot of similarities to that movie just in general. But I don't know, man. I felt like this is a good movie. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. Okay, so now we've got a map of the Clayton East Wyndham Tower, um, which is uh, like what they're talking about, the block yeah. in London. And I also, I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail about this, but I'm going to post another article about like post-war architecture and this like urban housing yeah. in London, because I think that's important to the story, but it's yeah, just- Yeah, this is like a housing project. Tower. It is a housing project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. public housing. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's a lot to really unpack there, but I don't think we're going to be able to go into it, but I'm going to post an article that kind of breaks it down. Yeah. But so, yeah, Wyndham Tower, and that's going to be the block that we're on, I think, pretty Pretty much for the rest of the movie. Pretty much. It's it's literally either inside that building or just outside and around that surrounding area. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so Sam has, or Dr. Who, finds an old woman that helps her <laughs> and they go back to her apartment. Yeah. She's in this woman's apartment and she says she did call the police, but the police said it's one of the busiest nights of the year. Um, and they're just talking about the monster. These teens are fucking monsters, which I think is going to play into what we see later. Yeah. You know? So, and then we go we go back to Moses and his gang. Um, and I have, I don't know, I kept going back and forth with myself about whether I wanted to call them a gang because I feel like there's so much negative connotation with that word. But I also feel like that's what they are. The point of the movie is to try to humanize that negative connotation connotation so i think there's a difference with like the goonies were a gang i would call the goonies a gang but yeah they're literally like dragging maybe not dragging but they're carrying around the female alien that they just killed and they're like showing it to people as they like are taking it to the block because they want to put it in ron's weed room yeah so they're also calling their moms and their friends and one of them is like yeah i promise i'll be back by 10 and it's so funny to hear their conversations and it just kind of makes you like it starts you down the road to humanizing them and it also is like yeah these are kids you know they're lying to their parents about where they are and you know yeah i mean have you guys done that mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, I've done uh-huh that. yeah you know where my parents think i am right now um jen <laughs> <laughs> They also realize that Sam is a nurse and doesn't get paid well. And she's like, yeah, yeah. she doesn't make any more money than that. Why are we sticking up poor people? Which I thought was, you know, and John Boyega right. doesn't say anything to that. But I mean, I think that's part of the story. They address that later, though. He does say, if I had mm-hmm. known you were from the block, I would not have robbed you. Like, exactly. Because you're yeah. our neighbor, right? Not that you should ever mug anybody ever. But his intention right. is clearly not to take from poor people. It's to take from people who have so that he can provide for himself because no one else is helping him provide for himself exactly and to the movie's credit she says that she's like well should it fucking matter like yeah, th- this exactly. is still right yeah right. which which is part of the reason i think this movie does a really good job of unpacking this like complex issues yeah anyways and so th- they get to this group of girls and they're kind of like flirting and it's just really cute um all it really does is just establish those girls for later when we see them later. it does and they're so right. great and the, they're not really in the movie a lot but i really did like that gaggle of girls i did too or gang yeah. of girls if you will because they like they just seem like you know like maybe 
maybe early high school, late middle school, like aged girls. But man, mm-hmm. when shit hits the fan, they fucking come up and they like. They do, <laughs> man. It was awesome. Anyway, but we also meet two foul mouthed younger kids, which was Mayhem oh and the other kid. Mayhem and, I, and Probs. I fucking loved Prob and Mayhem so much. I did too. They're the only ones I actually was like, please don't die. Oh, yeah. Aww. I mean, I was so yeah on their team, man. Cause I, and Dude. this may be because I grew up the youngest brother in my family. So, like, oh all God. of the boys that I hung out with were my brother's age. So, like, I would, like, hang out with these kids that were older than me, and I was just always trying to get them to like me, if that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> so, like, I really felt yeah. like I was prob or mayhem in this Aww. movie all the time as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, as an older sibling, I was uh, like, no, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that that's me too, Jen. I'm just like, oh my god, take your super <laughs> right. soaker and go. Like, this isn't safe for you, but they are so cute and they're so funny in this movie. Yeah, they're like, great. But they're but so they want to hang, but they're too young. And I think they say, "Go suck your mom" or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're so cute. All right, so now we get an, like an overhead shot of the apartment building that is really cool. And another thing I will say for this movie is it's shot really well. It is it looks great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's like you see from the ground, you see the the like overhead of the building. So there's a kid who's listening to a song waiting for the elevator. And then Moses and the gang get there, too. And he's just like, OK, OK, I'll just I'll wait for you. It's whoop, whoop. That's a ton of the police. Yeah, I love, <laughs> yeah. I love that song. It was, I didn't know that song, but I was like, I got to get the soundtrack. It's so cool. It's from yeah, Bad Boys me, 2. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I love bad boys 2 so much it's the best i also want to say for the record i think this movie is too cool for me it is because i was Jen, watching I can a say lot of the- it is too cool for you and that is largely because edgar wright was one of the executive producers and he's very good with like sound and stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, and incorporating sound and music into movies like i know baby driver is like not a great like it's not not a problematic movie right now right. but if you watch baby driver from the perspective of how is music incorporated into this movie it is literally a masterclass by edgar wright on how to incorporate like songs and like even just music and sound in general into it's a movie. It's got amazing. the most creative use of music in a movie I think I've seen in a long time. Yes. But I mean, Edgar Wright, is, he's just very, very good at that. And he was one of the executive mm. producers on this. And you, mm, you actually will notice a lot of people from the Cornetto trilogy, which is like the Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, yeah. and At World's End. Uh, those mm. three movies were done by the same sort of people. And this is, if you call those people a gang, this is adjacent to that gang. Because a yeah, lot of them had ha- their hands in this movie as well. Um, yeah, that's one of my fun facts early. It's, oh, uh, shit. Made sorry. By- no, that's fine. Um, it's made by Big Talk Pictures, which yeah. also did Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I have yeah, not yeah. seen that one. But, yeah. Um, but I know music is a big part of that movie as well. It is, yeah. And they just um, do an amazing job with that. And and it's really, I think, showcased throughout the whole movie, but this is where it got set up for me. I think so, too. And this is when I started thinking, um, it's really cool, and I am not that cool. So, listeners, just please forgive me. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> Another giveaway that this is a part of the same people that did the Cornetto trilogy is Ron who they're going yep. to see. Cause they're going to put the, the alien in Ron's weed room is Sean's best friend from Sean of the dead. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I recognized him more from Hot Fuzz because it's been a long time since I've seen Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. So now they're back. They're up at Ron's room. Yeah, they're, and they're talking about selling the alien to the highest bidder sort of stuff, which is why uh-huh. they want to keep it in the weed room because it's like the safest place in all of the block. It right. is. Ron's yeah. weed room. Which makes sense, I guess. Because it's like reinforced steel and stuff. Like it's, it's And it's like enclosed and like it's a grow room. It's just so cute. They're talking about needing representation and like wanting to sell it to like a um, like the Daily Mail or something. Thing. Or this is when we find out Curly Guy said he took a zoology class at uni and all that shizzle, and he's really trying to bond with these kids. He's trying super hard, yeah. Oh, God. He is, man. It's, and, it's, oh, it's pretty just, embarrassing. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, ooh. I know, cringe, cringe, yeah. But, I mean, he pulls it off. Like, the, it, the scene works because it's so uncomfortable. It just made Oh, me yeah, it's supposed character. to be. Yeah, he nails it. It's not a bad right. part of the movie. It's supposed to be cringy, but he, it is. Oh, yeah, and everybody else <laughs> does, too. Like, the, the dynamic of this, it's just so cute. Um, okay, and so Moses, now he asks if he can keep it in the weed room. So Ron says it's not his decision. He says the boss is in the weed room right this is when they go and meet hi-hat who's listening to his own song and like oh vibing God. out to his own song yeah hi-hat is not my favorite no uh, but you know not. what it's a good representation of anyone who makes music because living in nashville i feel personally attacked right <laughs> now i've also had to sit in a room where one of my friends plays their own fucking song this is not fair and i'm like yeah it's really good can we just move on to like going to the movies or whatever we're supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> that is true. That's a Nashville oh. thing to do. So we're in the weed room and Hi-Hats is there with his friend. And I can't remember his friend's name. That is Hi-Hats like right hand man is all that. Right. Is. It, yeah. It's guy who lasts 10 minutes. Yeah. Which <laughs> yeah. is the name of my dating profile. I, uh, <laughs> oh, Mikey, it's amazing. Uh, You're still single. <laughs> Mikey, I know. single ladies. <laughs> I honestly thought the right hand man was going to die in this scene because I was like, oh, that alien's not dead. And it's about to attack the right hand man because he's right. like poking it like, oh, it's a puppet. It's a puppet. I was waiting for that to happen too long story short it is dead so like it does not attack him right yeah right but so he's asking can i keep the can i keep this thing in here and hi-hats eventually says yeah i don't care but i also want you to start working for me because you're like you know i see you as kind of a rising star and that you could help me out a lot you know you're already mugging people let me give you drugs here's (laughs) exactly here's i'm assuming it's marijuana here's the marijuana you have to give me 300 euros back you get right. to keep the rest, which I, I'd yeah. imagine is a pretty common sort of thing. They give you X amount and you either have to pay them up front or pay them. I don't know. I've never sold drugs. Right. But correct me if I'm wrong out there, people who have. I'd imagine it's right. sort of like that. Anonymously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. And But he also says, like, just one thing, though, like, this is my block. Like, don't try to, like, step on my chart. Like, I yeah. am in control here. Well, it's it's just because drug dealing is just a multi-level marketing scheme i've actually read a book about can you believe this i read a book i read a book about this (gasps) on like the economics of like drug dealing and it's really the middlemen in the middle that make almost no money off of it it's the Mm, people at the top that make a shitload of money so like selling drugs is not a very lucrative thing unless you're the guy at the top like walter white yeah like a walter white or like hi-hat is positioned in this movie He's Mm -hmm. the guy who's growing it all and he's selling it all. And he just has sort of underlings that are selling it. And he is getting to set the price and he's getting to set, you know, 
exact all of that stuff. So while they're taking the daily risk, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There is still some risk of being the guy at the top, but it's not usually the guy at the top that is arrested. Right, exactly. I did not like hi hats, but I also was thinking like it seems like they're like maybe five ish years older than like John Boyega and his little gang. Yeah, they and are. I wondered, they are. Mm-hmm. And I wondered like five years ago if they were if like hi hats was like the John Boyega team and they were like the mayhem and probs like running around this building trying to like be taken seriously. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was a cool little dynamic. And I was like, I wonder what mayhem and props are going to be like when they're like 15, 16. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't wait till the sequel when John Boyega makes props sell drugs for him. That's going to be awesome. Not my Moses. <laughs> he would never do that. <laughs> he oh saves the world, man. <laughs> oh. All right. So he goes back to his boys and they and they start to see flashing out of the window. And this is when they have the conversation about like how fireworks go up, then down. And that these things are just coming down because all of these yeah. bear creatures are coming down. And they want to go get some more. You see them like hitting the ground. And when the uh, aliens are impacting the ground, it is causing a little bit of an explosion. That's why they were thinking it was right. fireworks at first. And then they're right. like, ooh, they're aliens. Let's go fuck up these aliens. And I was like, what? Right. That, that to me sort of blew my mind. And then if you remember back from literally like 50 minutes ago, they literally just fucked up an alien. And it wasn't really right. high stakes for them. It was a small little alien. It was fine. So all right. of them lived. So they go up to because the they're like, okay, we killed an alien. Let's let's gear up. They, and there's like a montage of them getting their so cool. weapons that they stowed away at different parts of their house. It's like bats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just point out a few things that I really loved about this. When Pest goes in and gets the bat, if you see him, he limps past his grandmother walking in, and he's like, oh, I pulled a muscle playing soccer or football, and then he goes <laughs> uh, and gets a bat and shoves it down his pants. So he, he then has he to like went. hobble out. I thought I was like, damn, that kid is like thinking out in advance. <laughs> <laughs> what he's going to have to do to sneak that bat out of the house. I was like, Pest is a legit genius. Uh-huh. And also it sort of foreshadows the injury Pest gets in it this uh, movie because he gets bit on that same leg. And then he's limping around the whole movie. I was like, that is honestly just very interesting writing. And it like shows me like Pest is not like just some idiot thug kind of whatever he's actually a pretty right. smart kid who's just trying to get by and i think a lot of these kids are yeah absolutely i, I also love the part of the montage where the guy goes to get the samurai swords and he's got uh-huh. three he of takes them. the one in the middle <laughs> he <laughs> the one in the middle and then starts to walk out and he's like why am i doing this and then grabs the biggest one and then walks out i was like that was that really makes sense. funny it was really cute natalie even said she goes why did he take the middle one and then immediately he turns around and grabs the other one and i was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay so fun fact early about this like okay. when um the guy who wrote it, his name is Joe Cornish. He also directed it too. He did, yeah. yeah. He interviewed a lot of kids that are in these kinds of gangs that are like this age, and he asked like, what kind of weapons would you use if an alien was attacking your block? And so he used what they said in the movie. He was like, yeah, I would use a baseball bat. Yeah, I would use like my fireworks, you know, my katana sword. Or just chains. Exactly, yeah. So I, I think he like really did a good job of trying to authentically represent like what these kids, because they're like 15, you yeah, know? Yeah, and it's not like America. Right. You can't get guns guns over there really or i mean you can it's just a lot more difficult because they have like a lot of stringent laws over there i mean even their Mm -hmm. police don't really carry guns unless it's like a um a higher level in fact they even have to identify themselves which we hear in this movie as armed police and we hear that Mm -hmm. later in the movie so like really it's yeah it's just more it's more rare than it is here so like i mean if you'd shot that movie here all those kids would have a pistol of some sort they would yeah yeah well and so intent he intentionally made hi-hats the only one who actually has a gun in the movie to kind of like separate him from 
the rest of the yeah, kids. But I, mean, I, makes sense. I think it also makes sense that if you had as much money as Hi-Hats has, he would have access to guns because he could buy one oh, illegally. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So, but we also noticed that we do not see Moses' house. We just see the outside of his apartment. Right. We just see him go in. Okay. And so now they're rolling out and I loved it. And the two kids are running after them and trying to catch up. And it's just so sweet. And this was when I was like getting the big stranger things like, yeah. um, energy of like the kids on the bikes you know although there is something that happens right here in this movie that i really hate they introduce what? a dog during the montage and i think it's the chain yeah. guy the guy who goes and gets mm-hmm. the chain and forgive me he also is the one who's uh in the trash bin the whole movie but like he um takes his dog out and then the dog immediately gets killed by the aliens and i was like why yeah. why would you have to do that like that's <laughs> horrible i was yeah. so i liked mad. it just for this i was like just so we could talk about it at this moment. Cause like you guys talk about like, it's, as long as they don't kill the dog, it's fine. I'm like, they immediately kill the dog. I know. And I was like, this is hilarious. Yeah. Cause Todd and Jen will hate this. I know the dog is in the movie for three minutes. Take the dog out. The dog gets murdered. Like it was so right. fast. It's realistic. It, yeah, it is sad. And there's a moment when he's saying, this is my, from a dog. Yeah, absolutely. So they see a burning meteorite and we see like the flashes of the sharp teeth. And this is the first time we see like a different looking monster. Yeah, It definitely does not look like the female smaller monster that, that hit the car. Right. Yeah. Right. But right. This, it looks sort of like a fossil. It's not even like one of the ones we see later. I don't think they ever right. explained why this one didn't actually become like one of the bear, ape, gorilla, wolf things or whatever they call them throughout the movie. But it looks like it was yeah. encased in a rock and that rock hit and then it just never turned into one. It looked yeah. like it was like a capsule designed to travel. And then it like split open when it landed and he was gone. And there was like, like pictures inside they were looking at. Oh, okay. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. Okay. So that is Mm -hmm. literally just the, what, like the casing they travel in. Yeah. Uh, And like this one just didn't get out. No, no, no. It it got out. It just, they were looking at like engravings inside the, inside the thing. It was almost Mm -hmm. like the imprint of the creature that was inside of it. That actually sort of makes some sense. I got Because the two hard parts is the hard shell of the silly putty. And then inside was the silly putty. And inside the silly putty was the alien. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Honestly, it checks out though. It checks out, Mikey. This is very scientific. (laughs) I am on board for it. Let's do it. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, we can't disprove it. So, <laughs> well, because it's not real. <laughs> so we see this is when um, the little doggy unfortunately meets his. Yeah, man. Pogo. Um, he was so cute. Yeah, he was a sweetie. But so, and then we start to hear the monster coming. This is the first time we see the alien. Oh, I loved this reveal so Dude, much. It's so cool because they see the eyes, right? They yeah. see the glowing eyes. They're two like like aquamarine glowing eyes so on, on just cool like looking. black, and you can't see anything. Like it doesn't reflect light. So it's almost like looking into like a black hole. Yeah. You know? No, it's like that. It's like that paint. That's like the darkest shade of black. Have you just seen that? Yes, I have. Like yeah. And you're yeah. absolutely right. It is like that. Yeah. And then you see it open its mouth, which uh-huh. where you thought the eyes were, it turns out the eyes were actually fangs and its mm-hmm. mouth is like this huge, like neon green horrifyingness of death. Yeah. It's so cool. It is yeah, very it's cool. So and super unique, you know. Yeah, I've never seen any creature design like this. Although I'm in no way a horror or creature expert, but I thought this was very, yeah. very unique and very, very mm-hmm. cool. I really like the creature design because even when you get full view of them, 
because it's like a, a like that paint that no light no light reflects. Uh-huh. It's just like even when you get the full view of the creature, it looks very unique and cool. Like it's just like a mm. black a walking black hole gorilla yeah. typed creature, and it fits like the tone of this movie. You know, kind of that cool like neonness, and it like does have some implications into the plot, which we'll talk about yeah. I guess later in fun facts. Um, but so it's coming and it's chasing them, and they all run or bike away. But now the police are chasing them too. Yeah, and Doctor and Who's most- in the van with them. Because she is, she's yeah. trying to, like, identify the people who mugged her. Right. Well, and so they, they handcuff him, and they also find the drugs that Hi-Hats just gave him. So yeah. now they're arresting him for suspicion of robbery and possession. And that's honestly what you get if you don't, like, get to it and sell your stash immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but I loved the moment where she's like, yeah, and you know the rest of the, the kids that did it are up on that wallpaper yeah. right there, right? You see them, right? You see them, like, looking right over, like, the killjoy <laughs> uh-huh. thing. And, and then, like, right immediately ducking eyes. down. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah, it was Really I cute. just love these kids so much um, that he sees the alien coming and he says, hurry and get me in the van. And so we see the door shut on him for like the first of like three times, I think, in this movie. Yeah. Then the thing's coming. Yeah. One of the officers walks around to the back of the van and then immediately gets killed so fast. And all you mm. see really is like this flash of black and then blood hit the van. It was really, right. really cool the way that was done because it wasn't like scary, scary. It was just like, oh, shit. It's like going right. down, and then mm-hmm. that's when it jumps on top of the van and starts hitting the top of it. And then doesn't it kill the other officer pretty it quick, does. too? Yeah, it kills him yeah. right mm-hmm. there. And then it's yeah. just Doctor Who and John Boyega in the, I guess, the van, and she's in the front seat. And he's in, like, I guess they have, like, a little jail cell with inside the van, which I thought yeah. was super interesting and weird. I don't know if they actually have that in real life. I mean, we might have that here, too. Yeah, I too. don't know. Because she goes to the back, and they're looking at each other from either side yeah. of this glass. Right. And I thought that was just so interesting, like, because he is in jail, and she is not. I mean, right. for, for- Van in- jail. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. And he's asking, hey, let me out, let me out. And I understand her not wanting to trust him and not yeah, wanting he to- he just mugged her. He pulled a knife on her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And even though he's handcuffed, you don't know what he's capable of. Like, I, I get all that. Although, I do too. I do think it's funny that the kids that are not arrested who are in that awning sort of above, they mm-hmm. think that the best chance of them getting out of the situation is to throw fireworks under a car full of gasoline and uh-huh. just hope it doesn't explode and kill everyone inside. I know. <laughs> I was like, how did that how did that not happen? Seriously. Yeah, and, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't blow it up. It just causes a bunch of like smoke and stuff. And and that's when Jabohega gets out of the jail cell. I think she lets him out, but then she goes immediately in and then they No, s- no, her his friend goes in there and lets lets him out. That's mm-hmm. right. So his friend goes in there and lets him out, and then she goes into the jail cell part of it because she thinks she'll be safer in there. Right. But before he goes in, he says, this is from my dog, Pogo. Rest in peace, dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he, he has this, like, cool little montage of him, like, gearing up with a samurai sword in his back and riding mm-hmm. the uh, moped down towards the the van. Oh. I thought that shit was hilarious. I did, too. I loved it. Was it was so cute. Yeah. Uh, but so now they're, the three of them are inside the van, um, and they get the keys, and they're driving the van, but there's a thing on the front and they end up running over it and they're going to the underground garages which I guess is the way they say it there. Yeah, I'd imagine that's where the parking is for the block, I'd imagine. I don't know, but right. And so now Curly is seeing this destroyed car and he's calling Ron and he's like, shit's kind of fucked up and Ron's like looking with binoculars out <laughs> and it was so funny, he Did- said, not a blue light in sight and then we immediately cut to a police siren. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ron, what are you looking Jen, at? Jen, did you notice that that was the car that Curly had borrowed from his dad? 
And that's the original yeah. car, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the car that got yeah. destroyed by the original alien. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. that sucks for Curly. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but that's funny how they tied that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny, too. Okay, and so now we're in the garage, and the police van. This is when the police van smashes into Hi-Hat's car. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, fuck, we just hit a police car, and then backs up. And then he's like, no, 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 this isn't a police car. This is um, this is Moses. And mm-hmm. so now this ignites this rage in him, in Moses, that he's not going to let go of for the rest of his life. Apparently. <laughs> for, like, unknown reasons. Because, like, his right-hand man was like, Moses is still in handcuffs, so, like, maybe what they're saying is a little true. Like, that's definitely a police car. So as they're letting, because at some point she has gotten into the cell, and so she can't get out now. And it yeah. was to protect herself, but so they do let her out at that point. Um, and he says, are you going to thank me for saving your life? Moses says that to her, and she's like, yeah, my fucking hero, which I just love their dynamic through this movie. Um, but so she runs away. Because that is the person who literally 30 minutes ago or an hour ago mugged her. Like, I completely understand exactly. her feeling right. that way. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. But at the end of the movie, he is her fucking hero. He is. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He's everyone's hero. It's a little foreshadowing. Um, it is. It's <laughs> hero shadow. I thought this was insane because right after this, this is when a hi hat like pulls the guns on all the kids uh-huh. who have now come up to meet up with John Boyega. And I think it was the guy with the chain who like got the uh, van. I can't remember which other kid it was. I may be wrong about that. But John Boyega and the gang are now like talking to a hi hat. Hi hat pulls the gun and becomes inexplicably mad about them running into him in a v- police van. I thought that, that was so dumb. And he feels yeah. like they're trying to take over the block, which is not at all what is happening. He's just completely misreading the situation. But he pulls a gun on these kids, and then they like take an aggressive stance with their melee weapons. And I'm like, I know it's so cool. That's a bad move, though. You don't come at someone. Oh yeah. Who's oh yeah. Got you don't a bring gun. a knife to a gunfight. No, that's. Yeah. They, but I mean, they, if it's all you've got, you pull it. You know. Yeah. But so, like, I think with high hats, when you look at his character, like, I think this is just his response to being scared and feeling out of a control of a situation and i'm not justifying anything he does but i think yeah because he doesn't want to believe what they're saying because that is a situation he can't control and so i think there's like it's saying there's undercurrent of fear in him is kind of what i was reading like i'm not gonna look behind me because then i'm gonna have to accept that this thing you're saying that i am terrified of is right so i'm just gonna shoot you you but instead of looking behind him he makes his right hand man go look behind him (laughs) and then his right hand man walks over there but the alien that had dropped down is now gone and then you uh-huh. see the teeth again from the shadows and it like jumps all over the right hand man and it like uh-huh. grabs him by the it, neck. Like, rips and, like, his throat oh, out. it's so brutal, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, think yeah. my, I think my main problem with the movie is just because the kid's death don't really fit in with the rest of the movie. Oh, really? I think it kind of turned me. Like, well, OK, because I think I'm used to like if you're going to do like a like a Stranger Things, like a young adult horror thing, like scary stories to tell in the dark, things like that. We're not, I'm not used to the main kids dying you know kid kid murder yeah yeah Yeah. and so like i'm expecting like hi-hat his people all like police officers random adults people get murdered but i'm not expecting the kids to get murdered it kind of threw me off the movie because then it kind of glances over it at the end like all right he's getting arrested but like there's like three dead kids and a bunch of other really bad things that happened yeah i was surprised by that too when the first kid died i was like oh shit i was not expecting it to go to this level but Mm -hmm. kids that grow up that way some of them don't make it out alive you know, some of them. Yeah. Oh, I know. But they're reason. usually yeah. not mauled to death by aliens. I mean, that's true. Yeah. 
But that's the metaphor we're sticking with, Mikey. It is, yeah, yeah. And I do think that's probably intentional, although I me didn't too. read anything about that. But I know what you mean. It did kind of throw me, and it upset me that that kid died. Maybe I just wasn't in the mood, because it's the I just wasn't in like a good mental place to watch kids get murdered, I guess, by right. aliens. Because, but well, like, I think the, I was. Like, I think I was like, yeah, I'm in the mood. <laughs> to, no, I'm just kidding. Like, no one's in well, the mood like, for that, Mikey. I don't like, the right-handed guy was like, oh, man, this movie is cool. This is like, and like the kids, like, they were like all pulling their weapons. They're trying to save people. And I'm like, this movie's going great. And then when the kids started dropping, I was like, you know, I'm not really not really super into this right now. now. <laughs> yeah. So they get back and there's a bear chasing him. So much of this action stuff. I had a hard time keeping track of what was happening. Yeah. There's a lot of hallways and chases, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, as they're like trying to get back to the block, they're like running away from the situation with uh, hi-hats. They're like running uh, back to the block. But like, I think it's Pest who says... I'm shitting myself, but this is sick or something like that. I know, yeah. 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 And it's just one of those moments you're like, oh yeah, these are kids. Yeah, you know? but they're all they're literally like pedaling back. One of them has a moped, but they're like pedaling back as fast as they can to get uh-huh. back to the block because they think they'll be safe once they're indoors from right, these, right. these monsters. And right. this is a really cool chase scene, I think, that I part of one of the articles I'm going to link kind of connected this to parkour a little bit. Like oh yeah, there is some parkour. Oh, yeah. yeah, because I think it's the chain guy again. In the very beginning, he was going to make a jump, but then chickened out. And this is where mm-hmm. he does make that jump because he's going to die he if does. he doesn't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is honestly like one of the last times we see him on the street because he does that parkour jump and then runs over to like a trash bin and jumps in the trash bin. Or it's, I think it's a recycling right. bin for paper. It, yeah, yeah. And he's there until the very end, until Mayhem and Prof <laughs> or Prod or whatever comes and saves Probs. him. Probs, yeah. yeah, comes and saves him. But there's also a moment where, like, one of them rides their moped underneath, like, one of the little yeah. square parking yeah. things. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just so fun. And it's like, it's like the best kind of kids on bikes scene because, like, there are these awesome monsters chasing them. And I also like, because it is parkour, but it's not. Like, sometimes they're running, they're like riding down the stairs and then they just fucking crash yeah, and their the bike the is done and they just have to yeah. run. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably what would happen. Yeah. He's trying to follow Moses on his dirt bike, and a moped mm-hmm. is not a dirt bike. No, it is not. But also, Doctor Who is now is also running back to the block, and she's trying to get in her house. And as she all is. the kids do sort of get inside the main floor mm-hmm. of the block, right, they see her going into her apartment, and they just, like, force themselves into her apartment with her. They do. Yeah, yeah, which is another thing that I did not like. Um, but before, right before that happens, as they get into the building, this is when Pest gets chomped by oh, the leg. I thought that this was so cool because it's like they're all oh, wanting to yeah. try and make it in, and Pest is the last one mm-hmm. who's like getting in there. And they do, he gets in there, and then he they does. close the door, and then the alien like goes through the door and bites his leg. I was not expecting right. him. I was expecting him to hit the door, but not go yeah. through the door and bite his leg. Oh, that was I insane. know. I thought it was either going to be Pest just got eaten and they watched him get eaten or close the door and they were safe. But it doesn't get all the way through, I don't think, because no. they like have their weapons and they fight it back. But yeah, I did think yeah. it was cool how they did that. So now Pest has a leg injury. Um, and so they, in like what we were saying, yeah, they force their way into Sam's apartment, which right. again, I understand their motivation, but also not cool. That's like home invasion, probably yeah. different than what we're used to. But like they, she did not give them permission to enter. And to show that to them, she grabs her guitar and tries to like defend herself with a guitar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked the conversation that played out here. Um, and but, and they're also like talking about texting everybody and telling them what's happened. He said, it's too much madness to explain in one text. <laughs> well, that, that was back when like you only had a set number of minutes and a set number of messages. So yeah, right, I, I, I like that too. Yeah. 
It was cute. But so they're talking about how they're just assuming that she's going to be on their side and instantly trust them now, which I understand her not wanting to do. Yeah, that's an insane assumption because they just robbed her. Yeah, right. I totally understand, and I would feel the same way. Also, she hasn't really seen much of this. Like, maybe she thinks, like, a bear escaped from the zoo or something, or, like, there's a wolf out there. Sure. Um, so she knows there's something out there, which is why she was running in, but, like, she doesn't know what the fuck's going on. I honestly got the impression she was just running in because she had literally just been taken hostage by a group of kids, and they did yeah. let her out because they were about to fight the drug dealer in that area. So she was just trying to get right. the fuck back to her house and no, get away I from mean, everything. She, she still saw the two officers get murdered by that, the bear. That is true. You're right. You're right. Y- yeah. Right. Yeah. There was but, blood everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's hard to hide that. But I could also see, like, th- these aren't the guys I want to align myself with. Yeah. Like, I don't want these guys no. on my team. They I don't trust these me. people. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kids. Just so kids. Cool. I would not want to be bunkered in with a bunch of kids. No. <laughs> um, but they're also saying, but she's a nurse. Like, you can help like fix my leg you know and then they give her shit for swearing too much with i thought which i thought was really cute too yeah, I, I did think that was funny and i also thought it was funny mm-hmm. that they were giving her shit for not liking the area she's like yeah i think right. I'm, I'm thinking about moving they're like oh really why because i don't really like the area what's wrong with the area well you just <laughs> fucking robbed me <laughs> exactly yeah i thought that was funny yeah um but they're trying to like make her fix his leg and she doesn't want to she's like no Fuck you. Like, again, you just robbed me. But also she's saying, I just graduated. I don't have the skills to fix this. Well, but they it's do- just basic first aid. Like, what school did she go to? Well, I mean, I think that's part of like, she also sees like he needs more than what I can provide right now. Long term. Yeah, I think it's clear that he needs more attention than she can do at her own house. He's right. going to need antibiotics. He's going to need a, like other things than she can provide. And then she says, hey, you need to get him to a hospital. They don't want to do that for a lot of reasons. Well, like- and she tries to call like the cops or the you know police or whatever, the mm-hmm. feds, or I think they call him. And, he, and John Boyega like, grabs the phone and says, no feds. You know, and, right, and that's why right. she's like, well, he needs medical attention. Meanwhile, this is happening. We cut over to um, Curly and um, Ron, who are just high as fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Back to the uh, Sam's apartment where they're where she's helping Pest. Yeah, and they hear a noise, and then Moses goes to check it into the people. And then I was wondering if this is one of the jump scares that got you, Todd, because then the thing is right there, right in this. Yeah, face. it scared the shit out of me because they look up the mm-hmm. peephole, and then out of nowhere, this alien jumps up towards the peephole, and that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, right. And it's found them now, which I think kind of starts us to realize that this isn't just they're not just terrorizing wherever they see people. Yeah, they are whoever in on the gang of kids that we're following, right? Exactly, yeah, yeah. And so then it does burst in, and John Boyega fucking kills it with a samurai sword. It's insane, Um, yeah. That's a cool part. It is very cool. it's awesome. He, like, cuts into its head. I mean, it doesn't go all the way through, but, like, cuts into it, and then it just immediately drops to the ground. Yeah, and and so now they can look at it, and they see, like, it's this isn't a dog. Um, And they're looking at it, and they're saying, it's too black to see. It's blacker than my cousin, which... Is I mean, I guess we can talk about this now. I found an article that was talking about the creature design here. Yeah. And talking about the fact, like, earlier they've said those kids are monsters. And so these monsters are blacker than them. And they said these deep black neon fanged predators literalize monstrosity, thereby disconnecting its symbolic stigma from the gang. And I quoted an article that I'm going to link. But I think the point of that is that they are the monsters. So now you can see, like, it it separates the actual monsters yeah. from the kids that they've been calling monsters the whole time. But yeah, it does a good job of like showing the, the actual monsters 
are the aliens and not the kids exactly. anymore. Yeah. I, I think so too. Yeah. And I think that's part of the point. So Sam walks out the door and the lights start to go off as she's walking down. And I think she's thinking, okay, I'm getting away from these people that she has called monsters earlier. And so now she hears the actual monsters coming down the hallway yeah. and she looks back at them because they've all walked out into the hallway and she walks up to the teens and she's like, wherever you're going, I'm coming with you. And you owe this to me after what you've put me through yeah. tonight. Agree. Yeah. And this is when like they, they all introduce themselves. Um, um, so it's Pest, Dennis, Jerome, and then Moses that we know. And I don't know if I'm missing. Somebody else is in the dumpster, but I can't remember what his name is. He's the guy I was calling the chain guy because I don't know his name either, but he's in the dumpster yeah. pretty much the rest of the movie. But Moses says, go get a weapon because you're right. going right. to need it. Mm-hmm. And she goes and gets like a kitchen right. knife. Which, I mean, she's going to use. We'll see Yeah, it. she uses it later to save Moses. The next thing we see is Hi-Hat talking to somebody about how it's not aliens it's whatever, and we need, we need to go get mm. these kids because they're trying to take over the block. He's just fundamentally right. not understanding what is going on. Th- this actually mm. did bother me quite a bit because Hi-Hat just killed one of the aliens. He shot mm-hmm. it like nine yeah. times with his pistol. So he should know that that is not a dog or a wolf or a gorilla right. or whatever. They killed his friend. Yeah, right. and it did. It killed his right-hand man. I think there's a level of disconnect and denial with him that I found really frustrating. But also interesting. Sure. So we're back now in the the stairwell, and they're all running up the stairs. And this is when they call Purple Hood is what I called him because I couldn't remember his name. He's still in the dumpster, and they say, call everybody. And so he calls the girls. <laughs> he does, yeah. And it's so cute. Like, So when I said that they interviewed the um, the kids to see what kind of weapons they would use, they also interviewed a group of girls to see like how they would respond to kind of things like this. And like, so a lot of those lines made it straight into the movie. I loved it because they were like, call us back when you're not playing Xbox. Exactly. <laughs> Man, I have heard that before. <laughs> oh, Mikey. Recently, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can hear him yelling on the phone, and it's like a mile a minute, and he's just yelling about all this stuff. And they're like passing the phone back to each other, like, what the fuck is. And then they just hang up on him. Yeah. Which I thought that was really cute. And so now we got the kids, um, and they see the kids, Mayhem and Probs, in the hallway, and they have, they say they have tools. And one of them has a super soaker, and the other <laughs> one has a cap gun. That looks sort of like a real gun, which they immediately take away from him. For good reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kids that young don't need to have guns. Yeah, I now would have done the same thing. Uh, but he's like, no, it was my cousins. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, but they're just so cute. And they just want to hang, you know? Yeah, they want to be a part of the group, guys. They do. Let them hang out with you older siblings. Stop being jerks. It'll mean the oh my world God. to them if you could just let them hang out with you. <laughs> Hey, younger siblings, maybe we just want to relax and not have to babysit on our free time. You want to babysit them? They're, they can take care of themselves. Uh, until they get hurt and you go home and your parents <laughs> yell at you because you weren't taking care of them. Spoken like an older sibling. Yeah, that's true. Or lie to your parents when they hurt themselves and blame it on you. Oh, yeah, and they do it all the time. You guys you need either to stop gonna- blaming <laughs> mayhem and probs for shit your siblings did to you. Mayhem and probs is the only thing my younger siblings cause me. <laughs> they're, they're so cute though they and are, i mean great. what they're telling them they're like look this is some serious shit go into your apartment because that's where you'll be safe yeah and i hide. do think at, at that time they're like just trying to protect them yeah absolutely um, but i love when one of them's like i'm nine and a half yeah so right. that's mayhem cute. baby so they're going up to the girl's apartment because they have a gate on their door like a like an iron gate on their door 
Oh, cool. Yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> Apparently, Mikey didn't either. He's like, oh, cool. I, I know. I like, no, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah. But she's saying, I don't want to get involved. Like, you, I don't know what you guys are doing. Stay out of my apartment. Well, but then Tia lets them in because the, the girl that answers the door was not the homeowner or the homeowner's daughter. Right. Uh, and the daughter actually is like, well, just let him in. Like, we'll just let him in. You know, all the kids and Doctor Who go in. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so they're just kind of sitting around talking about what to do. And they ask Moses how he knows Sam. Like, who is this lady? I think they call her, her ma- their mask math teacher at one point which i thought was funny so they're talking about <laughs> the aliens that are attacking them right and that's right and that's when uh they say uh what is moses dating his math teacher and she says mm-hmm. the whole well i met them when they robbed me and right and because they had just been talking about the aliens the girl responds with well that i actually do believe exactly <laughs> yeah, she yeah. doesn't and believe the alien stuff yeah and i kind of got the feeling that like she kind of did have a crush on moses but just did not want to be involved with somebody she who's going to do like criminal activity you know right. which i get i mean later in the movie she tells moses to call her from jail i guess but yeah <laughs> and then they have this conversation about robbing her um and she was saying i can't remember exactly what she said but she said like it's five against five of you against one of me fuck off yeah and you had a knife and he and one of them, I think it was Dennis or Jerome, said this knife was just to scare you. We were just as scared as you were. Yeah. Which I think is interesting when you look at kind of what we were talking about earlier. Like these kids, I'm not going to justify what they're doing, but I mean, this is a scary thing for them, too. And I think a lot of times they're just doing what they know how to do to survive. And it's just the system is not designed to protect Sam or these kids. And so Jen, have you watched The Wire? No, but this has been compared to The Wire a lot. No, I haven't watched it yet. It's really you good. Would, you should is watch it, The Wire. You would love it. That's what I've heard. Well, and so I think about this a lot with like um, immigration and just people like that do not feel like they can trust the police or can trust the law. Because when the society that you're supposed to exist in doesn't support you you have to build your own societies and you create your own law and that's kind of what they're doing and that's just a symptom of this larger system that doesn't support everyone it's kind of what we talked about in our purge episode but i yeah. i just thought this conversation was really interesting because it's humanizing these kids and like no we were scared too yeah and this was inspired by when joe cornish got mugged by a group of kids and he was like and i could tell they were really scared when they were mugging me but they had a weapon so i just did whatever they said yeah exactly but i just think it's it's just so much more complicated when you think we want to just look at it as like good and bad right and wrong and i think when you look at the entire system it's just so much more complicated yeah Mm-hmm. And I like that this movie talks about that, you know. So now Sam is saying we need to call the police and they're all everyone in the room is like, no, we can't fucking call the police like they're going to arrest us. They're not going to arrest you because you're a white woman. They're going to arrest us, even if they didn't do anything wrong. You know, right. and then also he did do something wrong when he mugged her. But like he did. They're like, but they're going to say that I murdered these two police because I was getting arrested while these two police were murdered, even if there's no fucking way I could have ripped these police up like they're going to blame this on me which i think is part of the reason this movie is getting talked about a lot now except that they have two alien bodies which is what bothered me about it they don't have two alien bodies with them well no but the alien bodies would be wherever the police van was now they did move that police van trying to get away from it so it is plausible to me at least that the police would not know that they were killed by aliens because they're no longer around those alien corpses They have one alien corpse in the marijuana room. They'll have a second alien corpse in a second in the girl's house. And honestly, they have the alien corpse where uh, Hi-Hats shot the one that killed his right-hand man. 
which yeah. is also right where the police van is now. Which wrecked. is why I don't like the ending because if they sure. were coming and investigate and see all these creature bodies, and they'd be like, "What the hell happened here?" Yeah, they wouldn't just arrest the you know arrest people. Well, but I think the point the movie is making is we are assuming like a level of trust that the police would have for us if we could produce these bodies that they don't have because the police are going to get there. And what happens is immediately assume that they did everything because there are a lot of people that get arrested when there is clear evidence that they didn't do what they're getting arrested for. I hear what you're saying, but they would go down the basement and see like a alien and the body of hi-hat's right-hand man they'd be like oh, oh we need to shut some shit down this is insane yeah i don't necessarily I mean, disagree it? with you but i do think that the way this movie ends is probably pretty accurate to what would happen but i, I choose so to too. believe that literally 45 minutes after they get taken to the station they're let go because they're like oh shit it was an alien invasion and you guys actually handled it and we should not have arrested you are fucking bad although you did rob this lady so we need to talk to you about that yeah right i agree and i think the point that it's trying to make is we can't trust the police to look at this this evidence that we have objectively and whether that's true or not i think that is representative of how a lot of black people feel right now and i think this movie does a good mm-hmm. job of pointing that out yeah. like it's not worth the risk of of trusting that they would look at this evidence right you know um all right so they don't call the police and this is when this is the thing that uh, is getting quoted a lot right now because moses is talking about what what these things are and he says he thinks and i don't know maybe he's just kind of spitballing a little bit but he's saying what if like the government bred these things to try to kill black boys yeah and he says first they sent drugs then they sent guns. Then they sent monsters to kill us. We aren't killing ourselves fast enough, so they sent monsters to do the mm-hmm. job. I, I literally wrote in my notes, Flynn thinks this is a government conspiracy, which is crazy, but he sort of has a point. Like, uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> exactly. it's, clearly, it's clearly not because we saw them come from space. But the stuff he's yeah. like talking about is not necessarily untrue, you know? Right. It's not. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's an episode of American Hysteria. There are a couple where they talk about like the crack cocaine thing and how the like cia yeah oh yeah right well well they're talking about how like th- there's basically no distant no difference between crack cocaine and like powder cocaine oh you're talking about mandatory minimums yeah yeah mandatory minimums and like how you get like way more jail time for crack cocaine um and how it was introduced into a lot of neighborhood like urban neighborhoods to try to vilify people and like it- it's I'm not going to do it justice, but check out these episodes because there is a lot of evidence to show that these these communities are being infiltrated by people who are trying to set them up as villains so we can dismiss these communities. It was done. I don't know if it was done in the UK this way, but it was done in America largely to uh, get people to not be able to vote because a lot of those people vote Uh a certain way. And they didn't want them to be able to vote. And in most states now, but back then when that was happening, if you had a felony, you could not vote, which is why any possession of crack was automatically a felony. And that wasn't necessarily Mm -hmm. the case. Again, this movie takes place in the UK and I have no idea if it happened there the same way, but it makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to equate our war on drugs with like what's happening in the UK. Right. Like, oh, Jen, you've got to watch The Wire because basically the whole series is about how the war on drugs is a systemic war against a group of people, like a a cultural group of people. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll check out The Wire, but I'm also going to link this to it. American Hysteria is just a fantastic podcast and it really breaks apart a lot of these kind of dynamics and talks about like where they started and what the actual motivations are so like i could understand him thinking this is just the next thing they're sending into yeah. our neighborhood to try to kill us Absolutely. like i understand that mentality you know 
Um, but so they open the curtain at this point. Oh my god! And they see that they're like right out the window. Oh, and this is this is sad because I can't remember what the guy's name is. It's the guy who has the moped because he puts his moped yeah. helmet on and then takes the gun he took from Mayhem and tries to shoot both of them, and it's just a cap gun. And he's like, "Oh crap! It's not a real gun." And then yeah. they jump in on him. And John oh. Boyega just hides behind the sofa like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, while they literally chew his friend's head off and it uh-huh. flies across the room. It does. Yeah. And then it starts to come from Moses. But is it is her name Tia? It's all the girls, really. But I think the main girl is named Tia. But she yeah. like she's a badass, man. She gets a she lamp is. and like breaks the light oh, and starts yeah. electrocuting one of it to like. Get it to stop awesome. killing the kid, although it doesn't help because the kid still dies. But that one right. goes into the Tia's room, and then mm-hmm. all the girls start attacking that one, and then John Boyega tries to take on the other one. But right, I, lo- yeah. I loved the girls because they, they like I did too. she's electrocuting it, and it's like coming in trying to get them, and then they throw a blanket over it so it can't uh-huh. see them. And then another <laughs> girl grabs an ice skate off the wall and starts stabbing it with the ice skate until it's, it's dead. So cool. I was like, you I are know. kicking ass. I love this. I know, and they're like 14, 15-year-old girls. It's awesome. Right. But John Boyega stands up to like swing the uh, samurai sword uh-huh. at the one that's in the living room. And the sword goes into the wall. So I his know. arms are literally above his head. And he's trying to pull it out. And that's when mm-hmm. the alien gets right in his face and is about mm-hmm. to bite him. And that's when Doctor Who comes in there with their sonic screwdriver and shoves it right through his chin. Yeah, and it kills it's it. awesome. It was awesome. Is sonic screwdriver a Doctor Who thing? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's Doctor Who. I'm a nerd. Oh. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Natalie and I just turned on Doctor Who yesterday, yesterday and watched Aww. like six episodes. Out of the spectrum of of nerdiness, Doctor Who is like pretty deep. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, it's there's great. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, get at me, Doctor Who nerds. <laughs> See, this is the moment where I've been like, now we have to call the police because the, the, there's like two alien bodies in here. They tried to destroy us. They broke in from the outside. We've got to get help because we need guns. Like, this is a government problem. It is a government-level problem. You're right, Mikey. Yeah, yeah. But they don't have time for all that because this is when we cut down to Mayhem and Prob outside the block, and they look up, and they see all the aliens climbing towards that window, right, that they just broke out. Yeah. And we actually Mm -hmm. see hi-hats sort of questioning the kids about where the our, like the, the Scooby gang is that we've been following. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, I came to help them fight the aliens. That's why I've got guns. I mean, he's lying mm-hmm. to them. He really just wants right. to kill the kids. But so, and the kids sort of, because they've been manipulated, do give away where our Scooby gang is. And then it pans up and we see all the aliens climbing up to that hole in the roof or hole in, yeah, the, man. in the window. Yeah. And so now they're standing around and I think his name is Biggs. Um, they're standing around him and we don't see his body, which I think is good because I think I got torn up. Um, but they're just sad because their friend just died. And so now this is yeah. real. This is no longer fun. Not that it, I mean, I guess when you got bit, that kind of makes it. No, nope, I mean, anymore, I think, but, still think there was like a, a level of like danger fun with. with right. The, yeah. With the but bite. this is for real. And now we've actually lost someone. And so the girls are like, you guys got to go. We don't we don't want to. This. And this is where like what I was talking about. It kind of loses me. Like, why wouldn't you call the police with your friend dead in the couch? I mean, they're going to call the cops eventually, Mikey, but you're under attack right Ugh. now from aliens that are climbing up to your window. I mean, you've got to grieve and leave. Like, you've got to get the fuck out of there, right? Right. And that's what they do. Well, no, actually, the boss gets to their apartment at this point. Hi-hats? Hi-hats. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't figure out his name for a while, so I just called him the boss yeah. every time. But yeah, yeah. Hi Hats gets there. They're running down the hall, and he's shooting at them. Yeah, he can't shoot for shit. Right. No, 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 he can't. <laughs> 
So they're running down the hall and the aliens are like running after them and they're trying to make it to the elevator and close the door fast enough, but they yeah. do not close the door fast enough. The thing gets in. So now they're trapped in an enclosed space and we hear a bunch of screaming and banging as the oh, elevator yeah. goes up. I assumed that hi-hat was dead and his two henchmen. Yeah. 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 I, I was like, too. oh, they're so dead. They're not going to make right. it. But then we cut to yeah. the elevator, dude. Or uh, yeah. as you've been calling him, Curly, and he's waiting on the uh-huh. elevator, right? And then the elevator opens, and it's just hi hat standing there, covered in like blood and stuff. And he's uh-huh. like, "You may want to wait for the next one, mate," or whatever he says. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "Fuck! How did he kill that el- that thing?" And then I remembered that he had a gun, and I yeah. think it just points to like how that is not really a factor in this movie, except when hi hats is around. So I just yeah. forgot that was a way they could kill him. You know? Yeah. This is the second time. Hi-Hats himself has killed an alien and he refuses to believe still <laughs> that there are aliens in this movie. Right. He doesn't believe there are aliens in this movie until they're ripping his face off at the end. It blew my mind. I know, man. Again, you can almost see the look dawning on him like, oh, shit. Well, you could see the look dawning on his face and then it getting ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I like. I do too, yeah. So Curly is in another elevator, and then Moses and his gang and Sam are all in there. Yes. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? And this might be one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. Because they say they're going to Ron's weed room. And then Sam asks, what's Ron's weed room? And then Curly says, it's a big room full of weed, and it's Ron's. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I did I love like that, that too. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> he says it with such a straight face. Yeah. And it's so, I just love it. He's him. almost like, like what this- don't you get? I know. It's Ron's weed room. Yeah. And they're going there because it's the safest place on the block and they're being right. chased. They don't know why yet, exactly. but they're being chased. But this is from right. this point on, Curly is a part of our gang now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's joined the gang, which I'm down with because I really like him. Yeah, me too. But so they're looking at the end of the hallway and they're like, okay, how are we going to get there? And then they devise literally the dumbest plan ever. <laughs> I mean, it's dumb for some of them. This so they made shoot. me so mad. I mean, you do see aliens down there, right? So there are aliens yeah. on that floor all already and they because sh- they're smelling the dead one that's in the weed room yeah we don't know that yet but yeah that's absolutely what right. they're doing there like it explains why they're there i'm not mad at that right but yeah, then yeah. they shoot smoky fireworks down towards them and it doesn't kill mm-hmm. them it's just like it makes a lot of noise and scares them or whatever but now they're having to walk down to ron's apartment and you can't see what's in front of your face it's literal right. Suicide. Like, it's so dumb. And they don't, like, stay close, which was also weird. No, they don't. Well, and I think they try to, but it's just, like, it's confusing and you just don't know. Because I think at one point, like, Jerome turns around because he hears one behind them and he's, like, the last one. Well, he wasn't the last one, but Curly's there and Curly's like, oh, God, they're they're right behind us. And then Curly runs Mm. away. And instead of Jerome running with him, he turns around and doesn't see it. Right. And then you see him get disoriented. Yeah, and it is really, like, it is a dumb plan, but it's really effective and cool as they're walking through it's this hallway. It's effectively shot, you know? if that's what you mean. Yes. 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 Yeah, that is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because I get, you get disoriented, too. Like, yeah. you can't tell where he is. And at some point, like, somebody gets to a door and you're like, okay, this is something I recognize. As two feet away from me that I couldn't see because of all of the smoke. Right. Um, but... So Pest is going to go back and get Jerome and he's like walking down the hall and then somebody reaches out and grabs his ankle and it's Jerome and he's got this huge claw mark on his face. And the thing is like actually eating him at the time. Yeah. And then Sam grabs him and pulls him back in. 
Um, and they end up hitting Curly in the face, which I thought With was funny. With the bat, um, yeah. Right. And so now they get to Ron, and they're, like, trying to convince Ron to let them in. Um, and Ron is reluctant, but they do. And then, surprise, um, Hi-Hats is there with a gun pointing at them. Yeah. But don't blame Ron. I mean, Ron was being held at oh, gunpoint yeah. to let them in. Like, it's not Ron's fault. Yeah. Ron is basically, like, a comedic non-entity in this entire yes. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which I'm down for. You could tell me Ron was a figment of Curly's imagination. It would make the same amount of sense to me but yeah <laughs> exactly it was really curly's weed room the whole time <laughs> but so they're going into this apartment and he like so hi-hats is against he's got his back to the window and moses is like he's pointing the gun at him he's about to kill moses um, and he says i was gonna make you now i'm gonna dead you which yeah i thought was <laughs> i don't so know if dumb. that was like a a dialogue i'm like sure a, it's a slang thing i really wish he had right. said break you though for the rhyme that would have made me very happy I don't I don't yeah. see how you can just leave a rhyme at the table like that. No, well, absolutely he's, he's not. He's not the best musician, guys. We heard I mean, earlier, that song like, is pretty fire. Blah, blah, blah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I missed it. It's not great. Also, I'm not super <laughs> cool. Oh, okay. I don't know. My like my coolness doesn't extend to knowing whether things are good or not. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway so moses is looking and he's like dude they're the shit's behind you and he's like to his credit he's trying to warn them a little bit and then he's like fuck you're not gonna believe me because we see tons of these like blue green eyes jaws like coming up and they're all about to swarm him and yeah. so they break the window and they attack hi-hats everybody else runs away they run they into like, the weed eat. room yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is when they eat his face off like they were we were talking about. They dead him. They do dead him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's Karma. dead. He's dead meat because he got eight. No, I get it. Oh. Mikey. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. So now they're in the weed room. Yes. And Moses is saying, I wish I'd never chased that thing. I wish I'd never met you. I wish none of right. this had ever happened. I just stayed home and watched and played FIFA. I wish I was a caller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl on the phone. <laughs> I would call her. Right. I get it. I get it, Moses. I'm the same I know. way. Yeah. But so Moses is telling now, Sam, like, I didn't know you lived on the block. We never would have come after you if yeah. we'd known you were one of us. And she says, that doesn't make it okay. Like, it's still not okay to rob people. Exactly. And I guess if you're looking at this as kind of like a Robin Hood narrative, there is an element to that, although I don't know if that totally fits but he just like he doesn't want to hurt one of his own and it also kind of like made me realize like they live in the same building and I think when we think of like urban like housing projects we don't think of white women living there you know I mean there are a lot of them that are on government assistance and need that help yeah I mean that's yeah. not there are yeah, but the stereotype is these black teenagers. Yeah, sure, yeah. Sure, yeah. But so, and this is a cute little conversation that Pest is asking if she has a boyfriend. Pest is like all about <laughs> her in this scene and for the rest <laughs> of the movie. He's like, hey, so what's your deal? And then she makes up a story about having a boyfriend mm -hmm. in the civil in service. In the Niagara or, Falls area. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I met him at camp. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Right now he's away helping uh, people in other countries. And right. he's like, what, he didn't want to help Brit kids or whatever? Yeah, exactly. Like, he doesn't seem like he's care looking out for you too well. Are you sure about him? Yeah. All right. So now they're starting to figure out what's going on. He's looking right. at the creature because they're in this grow room. They've got these UV lights um, and they can see like this glowing like goo on them. And All those 15 year old boys look pretty guilty for a second. <laughs> <laughs> With their black light, white goo all over and them. Pest mm -hmm. was talking about how hot Doctor Who was. So. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. The plan they're making is that this one is female and all the other ones are males and it's like bees and they just go yeah. to these planets and then all the males follow. And so this is when they start making their plan. 
And they have the pheromones all over them because they were like, they're the ones that killed the female alien. And then they got Mm -hmm. her pheromones all over them. Yeah. Right, right. And so Moses is starting to say, like, everyone that had the scent on them died. So maybe I can lead them to a place where I can blow them up. Yeah. Um, And he's saying, I'm the one who brought them to the block and I have to finish what I started. Yeah. And I think he's taking, he takes the weight of a lot of the story on himself. And I think it kind of just speaks to the narrative of how he's grown up, you know? Because, I mean, he, he was his idea to kill this thing. But, like, this whole thing is not all his fault. This is one of my favorite parts. We have Mayhem and Probs, (laughs) like, looking at the dumpster. And we know that I think his name is... The chain guy who's in the the paper bin. Because I think it is a recycling paper bin. But, yeah. But he's like, I got to get out of here. I can't stay here. And it, I've only got one more minute on my text. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. And like, why hasn't anybody fucking saved me yet? I know. <laughs> Never fear. Mayhem and probs are there. Yeah. Um, and so they start super soaking the bear. And I thought for a minute it was going to be this cheesy signs kind of thing where like the bears dissolve in water oh, or something. No. It's more like but Jaws too. it's fucking too. gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. And they actually allude to that when... They're, yeah, uh, yeah, he goes, it's not water. Yeah, exactly. When they ran into the kids at, in the hallway, they're right. like, you're not going to do anything with your water in that super soaker. And he's like, it ain't water, baby. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. But they also shoot a firework, and that's what ignites the thing. And so they kill that yeah, thing. Yeah, it burns it the hell up. Yeah. Um, and then they get in the dumpster, too, because I think the police start coming when they hear a fire. Yeah. And it's so cute because this kid, Purple Hood is what I kept calling him because I didn't know what his name was. Yeah. But they're, they said, you killed that thing? And one of them says, easy peasy. And the other one says, lemon, lemon squeezy. squeezy. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then that kid acknowledges them and he goes, uh-huh. you're probs and mayhem, right? And, and, mayhem, right? and then they look at each other and they're like, yeah. Right. I love, right. I love that part because as a youngest sibling, I was like, finally get some acceptance for these kids oh who God. just want the older kids to <laughs> accept them. Mikey. Oh. Just find well, kids your own age, Todd. <laughs> there's a moment when Probs is like, nobody's going to call you mayhem if you don't start doing some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really I love that. I'm already causing oh. Probs. But this is where they literally change Doctor Who into pheromone-free clothes. And if you right. see, it's Curly. Like, Curly gives her a lot of his clothes because for the rest of the movie, uh-huh. he's in a boxers and T-shirt. That's right. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I did notice that she looked different, but I didn't catch so it. So she's she's sort of wearing his outfit, yeah. Right, and so now there's a plan, and we don't exactly know what the plan is yet, but we know she's going to go somewhere and do something that John Boyega told her to do and that he's going to do something super, like, self-sacrificing. He's going to blow him up. But he asks for the ring back, and this is when he gives the ring back to Sam, and she says, thank you. Yeah. And I think they've kind of, like, come to peace with each other like i don't think they're going to be best friends forever but like they kind of acknowledge each other as human beings you know yeah absolutely so sam is sneaking out the door and there are tons of bears there and ron like peeks his head out the window and he's like is it safe and she says no and he just closes the door and says well good luck yeah it <laughs> <laughs> was so funny yeah it was great they can't smell her so they just kind of ignore her. They leave her alone, yeah. Because honestly, they're not interested in her. They're just looking to smash. They are. Which yeah. I get. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's distracting. I get it. Quarantine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they've been quarantined in space for so long, Mikey, that when they get to a place they can run around, all they're interested in doing is finding a female to smash. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets to his apartment and he calls her and they're just talking for a minute. And we see that there's like a pizza there. It's a mess. He says he lives with his uncle who's really not there very much. Yeah. And that he has like a Spider-Man comforter on her bed. And this is when she asks how old he is. And he says he's 15. And it kind of just hits home like he's a kid. Yeah. You know? And she even says, you look older. And he goes, thanks. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That has yeah. helped me. Yeah. 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 But so now she starts the plan. So she's basically turning the gas on to this apartment. And then she sneaks out and runs out. And she's pretty much safe for the rest of the movie. Then we get this awesome slow-mo scene of John uh-huh. Boyega like sprinting out of the weed room with like a backpack, which is not a backpack. It's the female. He's not only uh-huh. covered in pheromones. He's like got the corpse of the female they're trying to smash. And they're right. all chasing him down the hallway and chasing him down Dude. the stairs. I loved this shot. It was amazing. It is so yeah, this is cool. Good. Yeah, it's like the the glowiness of their jaws and him yeah. running. It's so cool. And he's got the sword. Oh, it's awesome. And at one point while he's running down, he takes the female off and he throws her to the side. In the kitchen. Into the kitchen where the all the uh, gas is now leaking out. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he opens the window and he's trying to light a bottle rocket, but he can't get it lit for a second. And then he finally does and he shoots it and explodes and we see like there's a bunch of police on the ground and everybody like all the residents are standing up so they see this gigantic explosion and then when the smoke clears there's like what that's Moses and we see that he's hanging by this flag (laughs) I did love this part because Moses is hanging for his life by a flag which is not like the strongest thing you want to be hanging from and the girls are like in this heightened sense of thing they're all like oh hey look it's Moses right right. like it's not a big deal at all (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like he's ju- he's not only like just saved everyone, but he's doing this awesome badass thing. And is thing about too. to die. Like he's hanging by a exactly. thread, literally. Oh, uh, hey, look, it's mm-hmm. Moses. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> that was ridiculous. But so he pulls himself up to the balcony, like on a lower level, and yeah. then he gets to safety. And then we see Ron Pest and uh, Curly are all walking with like their broom weapons. <laughs> and then the smoke clears, and it's not the monsters anymore, it's the police. And so they. Well, is it the monsters? Is it the monsters, Jen? I mean, it's not the alien monsters. Right. And I think yeah. Pest even says something like that. And that's when they they yell armed police because the armed police are now showing up. They are, yeah. And I am going to link another. I found a lot of articles about this where they talk about how there are multiple threats in this movie. There yeah. are there's hi hats, and then there's the police, and then there are the alien monsters, and how that mm-hmm. kind of all plays together. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to link a lot of stuff because I found a lot of really cool writing about this movie. Yeah. Um. And so they are all getting arrested. Uh, then the elevator opens, and it's the same bodies where we opened on hi hats with the gun, but it's Moses this time. And this is when I remember that he still had the handcuffs on his hands that yeah. had just been broken They're around his wrist yeah. yeah and so he's standing in the exact same way that hi-hats was he's just not holding a gun but they still arrest him and that's when i was like yeah but th- there's no way he could have killed this these bodies this way but i also see like the metaphor is that like they immediately think he's a suspect or he, that he's the one to do it this. does not matter i mean they're uh, gonna arrest him anyway yeah absolutely exactly yeah, yeah yeah and so pest and ron and luke they're all getting like pulled out in their handcuffs 
and they're like getting like jostled around and like they're trying to resist and everything. And I think it is a comparison because Moses is just like walking and he's kind of got. His yeah, head he's down. like resigned to the fact that he's going to jail. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because he yeah. knew this was going to happen the whole time. He did. This is yeah. always going to happen unless he died. This is always going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the larger metaphor of this movie. Same. Yeah. Um, but Pest is saying like Moses, he saved the planet. Like he's not the bad guy. He's the hero. Um, and they're, he's trying to tell the police, like, he saved the block, and now Sam is talking to the police. Yeah, Doctor Who is, like, vouching for him. She's like, that's not the criminal, that's my neighbor. Yeah, and I thought that was really, like, there. I have probably got more to say about that, but it's, like, just talking about, they live, like, these are part of, this is part of my community, this is not an othered community. And yeah, so absolutely. once you can... There's another article I'll link <laughs> that was saying what this movie is really asking is like, what does it mean to let go of this culturally ingrained fear we have of black men? And like yeah. when we can let go of that fear, we can start making people a part of our community that we normally would ostracize or that we would be afraid of. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And I think there's so much that we could talk about with this right now, like related to Central Park Karen and like just what's going on in the United States, just like this ingrained fear that we have have of black people and black men specifically where like normal doing normal things are seen as threats when they're not being threatening because he's the hero here i mean that central park karen was literally bird watching exactly i've never seen a guy look aggressive looking through binoculars at a blue jay i know yeah god knows i have (laughs) (laughs) but the only reason she was threatened by him is because he was asking her to not break the law anymore and so that's yeah i mean that's a whole tangent but i think there's so many levels to this and it just kind of shows we vilified moses from the moment we see him in this movie i think he's immediately presented as a villain the first time we see him he's robbing i think so too and I think that's intentional. I think yeah. the point mm-hmm. is, yeah, to say, no, there's more than just what we see. There's more than just a kid with a hoodie on, yeah. you know, and there's a lot more to the story. And if you can let go of that immediate fear that you have based on all of this history or and all of these narratives that people have been telling you, then you can see this person as a human being. And then it makes you want to care and want to help and want to change systems that oppress these people. I just think I loved that moment when she said, no, they're my neighbors. Like, I'm part of this community, too. Yeah. You know? Um, right. But they close the door on Moses, and everybody's chanting Moses' name outside. And Pest um, actually and says that. He's like, Moses, that's for you. That is, yeah. And then he looks up and he smiles just a little bit. And, and that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Yeah. And, oh, I just love it. Roll credits. <laughs> so now that we've I'm, seen the movie, now that we've talked about the movie, let's get some final thoughts. What do you think, Mikey? I hate the ending. I think this is why I don't <laughs> like the movie. Because I love Jen's metaphor and, and how it plays out. Yeah. I cannot separate alien invasion and, like, the metaphor. It's like, because, like, if there's that many bodies and weird creature bodies and shit, like, why would they just hole off kids first thing? And I can't, I just can't put it together in my mind. I think it's really dumb. It's like the injustice of that is annoying. Because I right, agree. Right. I hate that, too. Yeah. Not just injustice. It's just, well, I mean, like, they would they would probably detain everyone in the building to see yeah. if they're infected by aliens. The science fiction nerd in me is coming out where it's, like, not working well. <laughs> and you made fun of me for liking Doctor Who. But you're over here like, well, actually, what they would do is quarantine <laughs> right. everybody. Well, I mean, it's just, like, it's just so, like, it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. I sort of agree. I think the reason they do that is because the metaphor of everyone's going to yeah. assume it's their fault anyway. But I agree. Like, that right. would annoy me, too. And the science fiction nerd in me, as, as well as thinking, they might be infected with something because they were bit by someone who is not a part of this planet, right? Right. So you want to find that stuff out. So, like, 
But I understand that it, it serves the metaphor of the movie, though. Right. And, like, I think if they kept the stakes a little smaller, because, like, it feel like we were teetered right on the edge there. So, like, if none of the kids died and all the adults who died, like, died separately from them and, like, like we didn't see it. Like, well, like, the kids weren't involved. We're, like, there's plausible, like, you know, this happens in a lot of movies we watch. But there's no evidence at the end that it happened. Like, it. Yeah. Right. Well, so, like, they're traumatized, but, like. There's no physical evidence. And, like, then they get arrested. That would make more sense with the metaphor. Like, no one's listening to the kids, kind of like it. But, like, well, there's bodies and shit everywhere. Alien bodies and human bodies. Yeah. Yes, for blocks. So here's how I kind of look at that. Because, yeah, the ending is frustrating for me. So let me see if I can say this. So I think, like, they start this movie with John Boyega committing a crime that he could be arrested and jailed for. Like, that is a legitimate thing. And if he were, and he was arrested for it earlier. And so I think think what we see throughout the movie is his actions in saving the world or saving the block at least kind of outweigh this negative thing that he does and we kind of like she has forgiven him he's like given the ring back right and so I think what would probably happen is what you were saying earlier Todd is like 45 minutes down the road they would get to the police station they would see all these yeah they would see all these alien bodies they would see okay there's no fucking way you caused all of this but you still robbed that woman right so we're still gonna put you in jail and we still found drugs on you and we're still gonna put you in jail and so the movie I think is saying we have forgiven him for these criminal things we understand why he was doing that but the justice system is not gonna do that the justice system is gonna say yeah maybe you saved all of these people but fuck you because what I really want to do is just criminalize you because of who you are right i don't think that would happen in a real alien invasion you think the cops would <laughs> overlook the possession of marijuana and right yeah yeah they haven't even like secured the scene they're like hauling him off when there's like alien bodies everywhere realistically the police wouldn't do that that's so dumb listen mikey i agree i just think it serves the metaphor of the movie i think so too I know, but that's what I, I just, it just gets on my nerves. But I mean, we're also saying like, we're talking from a position of people who don't fear the police and don't fear threat. Like my brother has talked his way out of so many parking tickets or like speeding tickets, you know, and there's never a moment where he thinks I'm going to get killed by this cop, yeah, you know? Right. Between the three of us, I think I'm the one most willing to let go of the logical elements of a movie to fit the metaphor that I'm looking yeah, for. Yes. You know? absolutely, I think absolutely. that is true. And, yes. That's a lot of times that's just what I'm going into a movie for. Like, I just want to like connect to the emotion core of the story yeah, sure. and i'm okay if it doesn't always line up whereas i think you guys get taken out of movies more but yes and I mean, and that's I, not right Jim, or wrong. i want to be more like you with that because i, I will just sit there and be like <laughs> i really like this metaphor but i i can't i can't drop but it. i really like the movie i think it's one that people should see it's not super scary in fact it's more it's right. a lot more fun and a lot more action than there are scares but there are mm-hmm. like two or three jump scares that really really got me and i've heard it described as a sci-fi movie a lot of times too i definitely think there are horror elements there are to it's it. sci-fi horror for sure it is yeah yeah but it's it's just it, i feel like the strength of this movie is that it blends all of these genres yeah. together Agreed. and that's what i really like but so like i love how it has a message but it's also really fun it's scary at times it's it's like yes. intense and it's funny in the right moments too. Like, I just feel like they did such a good job of weaving everything together, you know, yeah, especially same. for a directorial and writing debut, you know? Yeah. It actually won a BAFTA award for being like that newcomer who like blew people away. Well, let's talk box office. All right. All right. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? 
One million. Mikey? $600,000. Okay, it was $13 million was the budget for this movie. And now, I don't really have a lot of information because it it wasn't released here wide. We sort of talked about that earlier. The highest Mm -hmm. theater count it ever got in the U.S. was 66 theaters that showed it. So Mm -hmm. it was a very limited release here. But what do you guys think it made worldwide in its box office run? $87 million. $10 million. Mikey, you said eighty-seven million. Yeah. Okay. It was six point four million dollars that wow. it made uh, wow. in theaters. It honestly did a lot of that overseas. Here in the U.S., it didn't do all that well. But again, because it really wasn't released here uh, mm. in most theaters. Okay, so it didn't do great. It did not do great. No, it lost money. Uh, and I don't have DVD and Blu-ray sales uh, listed for this movie. So I'm sure it made. A pretty good amount there because it's done well since it was released. And it actually, for like critics loved this movie, but it didn't mm-hmm. really do well when it was in theaters. But that's that's what I got for box office. This was a big word of mouth movie, too. I feel like like I heard yeah. about it after it was out of theaters. And I think that's like it's a well-known movie in the, the horror community. Which is why I, I think it probably did much better on DVD and Blu-ray sales. I just don't have those figures. Yeah, did, they didn't track those. Yeah. But it did launch a lot of people, too. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Like, speaking of John Boyega. So, fun facts, Jim, fun facts. Yeah. John. Okay. <laughs> So we already talked about how this was Joe Cornish's directorial debut, and he also wrote the movie. Yeah. But this was um, John Boyega's film debut as well. And, I mean, he just kills it in this movie. He is great. He does yes, do he does. Job. Yeah. He talked about intentionally wanting to write this movie to counter the trend of hoodie horror films. So, yeah, guys, I've been peppering my facts in a little bit, so I'm kind of coming up empty a little bit. Also, as for smaller movies, there's just not that much written as like behind the scenes stuff, but I'm linking a lot of really good analysis to this movie. So it does take place on Guy Fawkes night. We talked about how high hats was the only one to use the guns and how he's the only like intentional villain. Like he is villainous Mm -hmm. for his own needs and the police. While you could say the system is the villain there and the aliens are villains because they just want to get laid. (laughs) I mean, they do. That's not (laughs) wrong. And I do think that the villains at the very beginning, which are the John Boyega gang, are mm-hmm. really portrayed throughout the movie as they're only doing that to sort of fill their like hierarchy of needs, like the Maslow's hierarchy yeah, yeah. of needs. Exactly. Like they're looking to like they're trying to provide themselves food and shelter and stuff like that, which is all like in the basic right. needs stuff, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that they're kids. Yeah. All right. So the Wyndham Tower was inspired by or named after John Wyndham, who is a British science science fiction writer. Is that the, the block that they live in? Yeah. yeah the tower oh, okay. is named Wyndham, okay, Wyndham okay. Tower, I think. Yeah. Um, there are there are a lot of streets that are named after British authors or British sci-fi producers. Another one is J.G. Ballard. And there's a Ballard Street in the movie. Oh, interesting. And he... Yeah, he wrote a lot of novels that are set on large urban blocks like this. So Uh, those were kind of intentional call-outs there. I don't know a lot about those authors, though. So listeners, if you do, I'd love to hear about it. All right, so the creature design for this, which we've talked about, is just fantastic. Yeah. So it was really just two men in gorilla suits, and they had animatronic (laughs) jaws. And so they talked about how, because they're working with a lot of, like, younger actors or, like, child actors, young teenagers, um, especially when you're talking about Mayhem and Probs. Um, And he said it helped to not have, like, not have the CGI all the way because they were actually reacting to 
two people in these suits that were chasing them. And so that helped with their performance. Um, but so they filmed most of and then they added CGI in afterwards. Like they made the fur a little more spiky. They like took away the reflectives because you, it's like looking into a black hole when you right. look at yeah. the creatures. They did that with CGI, but that's the only use of CGI. Um, the tiny female was a puppet. And this was the design of these aliens was inspired by the alien design for Space Invaders or Space, yeah, Space Invaders, which is like an arcade game, right? Uh, one of the very first arcade games, Jen. Right, right. Like a which, 19, late 1970s arcade game, yeah. I know very, very little about that, but yeah, I did read that was the inspiration. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Most of my other fun facts have just kind of been peppered into the episode. So those mm, are my fun facts. Peppered fun facts. Yeah. Delicious. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. <laughs> Let's do the scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we thought the movie was. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> All right, Todd, what you got? I'm going to give it a three. I'm like okay. a run on the edge between two and three because it's not mm-hmm. it's not really that scary. I don't even think scares are the point of the movie, but there are some jump scares, but they're not bad. It's not, yeah. it's not super, super scary. Mikey? I'm going to give it a one. That makes right. sense. Yeah. It's yeah. not really that scary. It's not. I'm going to give it a one, too. And I think that there are moments of tension, but I think that it does such a good job of keeping it more like the adventure feel and the comedy feel yeah. kind of keeps you from yeah. really getting super scared, you know? So, yeah. When it lets the tension off, it really lets it off, which is nice. It does. And I want to reiterate, this is not the quality of the movie. This is how scary we think it right. is. Right, yeah. Because I would rank this, quality-wise, I would rank this way higher. Yeah, I think everyone should yeah. see this if they haven't seen it already. Oh, yeah. All right. So this week, you guys made me watch Attack the Block. <laughs> what are you guys making we me did. watch next week? Well, well Todd, Todd, we're, we're not, not making, making you watch, watch anything. Watch anything. <laughs> oh, we're doing a listener request. We are, yeah. Our um, our listener request theme for July was Summer Horror. And we had a lot of participation this time. It was really fun. It, it's awesome. Yeah, I love seeing like over 100 people vote. Like, that's insane. I know. It's so exciting. Our winning movie this time came down to one vote. Wow. I know. That's and insane. So that just wow. Because like 100 people voted. The winner of our listener request for July was Cabin Fever. Yeah. So we're going to watch that. And I'm excited because I get to uh, dream about um, the guy from Boy Meets World, whose name I can't remember right now, but I do like <laughs> him. <laughs> you like him so much that you like to look at him, but not learn anything about him. Yeah. Was he Sean from Boy Meets World? Oh, is he? <laughs> Yeah. No yeah. shit. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah. Are you uh, more excited now, Todd? I am. <laughs> yeah. So we're watching Cabin Fever next week. So make sure you check that out. And thank you so much for participating. Yeah. Thank you guys so yeah. much for participating in that. And we do it every month. That's usually one of the last episodes of the month. And every level of Patreon is eligible to suggest movies and to vote on movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So get in on any level of the Patreon and you'll be involved in that next month. Right. And guys, watch Cabin Fever for next week. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Uh, No. All right, well, while you're looking one up, let me uh, tell people how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is simply to leave us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app and leave us something fun for Mikey to read. So, like, give us an accent, give us a style, anything like that, and then (laughs) Mikey will read it that way. It's really that easy. What you got, Mikey? This one was from Bo Was Taken. The name Bo Was Taken, I guess? Yeah. Okay. And he says... I want. I am an American, but I want Mikey to do this in Australian dolphin accent. Oh, <laughs> he's listened to the bonus episode. I don't know if you guys <laughs> listened to the story time episodes, but we just did our most recent story time was about a mm. New Zealand dolphin. Was he swimming? 
Why are they swimming? <laughs> that shit was my favorite movie. I gotta know. <laughs> I did not know he was a dolphin. I know. I well, until the very end when I revealed it. Anyway. Okay, let me prepare my... Yeah, get ready, man. You gotta get into the head. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> but but, <That's>, but <laughs> more like a porpoise. <laughs> That's not a knife. This is a knife. Oh, wow. It, it sounds like Flipper, like but with an Australian accent. Oh, I forgot. I it was supposed to be a dolphin, too. <laughs> <laughs> I am a huge... Oh, wow. Fan, fan. And I have methroomed almost all of the episodes <laughs> in the span of a month. Oh, my God. I love Mikey and Todd's humor and Jin's thorough research she does in every movie. Oh, my God, oh, Mikey. You. This podcast... <laughs> It really helps my mind off the current pandemic. <laughs> and also make sure my wife doesn't murder me in cold blood. Wow. You're welcome. As we're both working from home. <laughs> this is really hard. Please help me. I'm stuck at an abandoned sea world. <laughs> oh, no. An abandoned sea world. That's no good. <laughs> Thank you all for that. You guys do keep up the awesome show. Five stars. Oh my God! That's Thank you, amazing. Mikey. Are you okay? I know, Mikey. I'm sweating. Holy shit! Ooh. I get really nervous during that part. Oh. Well, you crushed it, Mikey. Well, you hit well it done. out of the park. Yeah. And Bo was taken. Thank you so much for that awesome yes. five star review. And guys, if you want your five star review on the podcast, leave us a five star review. We are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network. So, guys, do us a favor and check out their other shows, like the Halloweenies, the Losers Club. This must be the gig. Kyle Meredith with and if you want to check out our shit go to horrorvirgin.com where you can get Jen's blog and links to the merch store Uh, you can also go to at horrorvirgin on socials for all of the show channels but if you want to follow us all individually please do Jen is at Jen Ferratu Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J Awesome Uh, if you want to help financially support the show please do by going to patreon.com slash horrorvirgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great things one of which is a listener request that we just told you about already and any level is eligible to suggest movies and vote on movies in those listener requests and there are a lot of other great perks so guys check them out but if you can't financially support the show or simply don't want to just join the Facebook group where you'll get daily free content and an awesome community of amazing people i can't believe we just passed 900 members that's awesome i know man well guys that's gonna be it for us everybody thank you so much for joining yeah. us for attack thank the you guys block so much. yeah it was so fun uh make sure you watch cabin fever for next week and i'm jen i'm mikey and i'm your horror virgin todd guys Wah-ha-ha-ha. have an amazing week bye and i'll be in a better mood next week <laughs> <laughs> i don't get down a lot so like i get one Consequence Podcast Network.